Amen. Well, as you make your way back to your seat, we're going to get started. And uh, I am so excited. You know, I'm always amazed to, you know, it, it's one of those things where when people come into the building, one of the things I always hear about is everybody's so friendly. They're so friendly. You know, isn't it how it should be? I mean, you know, it's the one place we come in the week where it's like, you know what? We're not bringing our drama in, right? Hopefully. Hopefully you left that outside. Jared, did you leave it outside? Okay, he left it out. His wife's saying yes. Okay. You know, we leave all that mess outside and we come in here, all the stress, everything, and say, God, speak to my heart. And I think that's where that comes from because we come in ready to worship, ready to receive. And I hope that today your heart is in the right place to receive what God's going to give you today. So today as I, I get started, you know, I, I'm always challenged in this season because it's Advent season. If you don't know what Advent season is, it is when uh, it symbolizes the coming of Jesus and also the return of Jesus. And this week would actually be the second week of Advent. Started last week, this is the second week of preparation. And it's a beautiful reminder of getting ourselves prepared for the return of Jesus. Is anybody excited about that part, right? So excited. But to get to that part, we need to be at the part that says this, we remember that Jesus came in the most humble way as a, a baby in a manger. And how wonderful it is to remember all of those things. So every Christmas season, there are certain things that I like to talk about. And today is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. And I want to talk to you about being simply joyful. Simply joyful. That's the title today. Just simply joyful. And let me, let me start with this because it kind of starts with a question. Have you ever, have you ever felt drained of all your joy? Come on, anybody. Come, you can, you can, it's okay. You can talk back. Has anybody ever just felt like, I ain't got nothing left? There ain't no joy left in the house. You know, everybody, you know, it's the kind of moment when the people that you love the most come in and they say the least appropriate thing at the moment. And it's like, you got no grace, no, no joy. There is no joy in the house. I think we've all been there at times, but I want to ask another question. Have you ever asked God why other people are happy and you're not, but you believe in Jesus too? Have you ever been there? You see, there's a key to walking with Christ. And walking with Christ requires joy in your life. It's connected. And today what I want to do is I want to help you. Some of you need to be reminded and some of you need this in your life so that you can find your joy again. Because the truth is we live in a, an absolutely insane world. We live in a world that every day seems to step further and further away from the truth of the Word of God. And as believers, sometimes that can rob us of our joy. But what I wanna tell you is that there is, a, there is I don't wanna call it a secret, because it's not a secret, but there is a key 
to helping you walk in the midst of difficult places with joy on your lips. If you notice, and if you've been here for a while, every Sunday, after almost after every service, when I speak a blessing over you, I always speak this, that you would walk with the joy of the Lord upon your lips, that you might represent Him well in all you do and in all you say. And you say, well, Pastor, how do we do that? Well, today we're going to talk about that. So would you do me a favor? Would you just stand to your feet this morning and we, to honor the reading of the Word? You can open up your Bibles, and, and you old school folks are going to love this because the passage I'm going to read today, I'm going to read out of the King James Version. Everybody says, why would you read out of that one? That's the one Jesus carried. That's what I was always told. But anyway, that's, that's a joke, okay? That's not true. Uh, but I want you to turn with me into Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Then I'm going to jump you forward another chapter into Romans 15. So, Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me read that again. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, let's jump over to Romans chapter 15, verse 13, which says, May the God of your hopes so fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing with hope. Let's pray. Father, today for the next few moments, I pray, God, that you begin to speak into each of our hearts. And that, God, as we share this time together, we would not only hear the Word, but when we leave our time together, we would apply it into our lives and we would do your Word. Lord, I pray this as we always pray, that, God, you would convict each of our hearts. The truth is, none of us have it completely together. We need you. And we need your conviction in our hearts to get us on the right track. So, Father, speak to our hearts today. And I pray that that seed that is sown into the hearts of your people would bring back a harvest of good into their lives. And I pray this, when we leave our time together today, I pray that we would be changed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. While you're there being seated, I just want to welcome everybody that's watching online. We're so grateful for your being here and being a part. I know some of you live way off. We have people from California, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia. We have people all the way from New York. We've got people from Guyana, South America. We've got people from, uh, I can't even say, Columbia, South America. We've got people from the Netherlands. I thank you all for being a part of what we do in this house, and you are welcome here. As a matter of fact, in the house, would you mind just putting your hands together and welcome all of our friends? Thank you. Glad they're here. So let's look at this scripture. And the one I want to kind of roll back to is Romans chapter 14, verse 17, so that you'll, I want to give you an understanding of this scripture just a little bit. Because it says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Okay, so what this scripture is doing is it's teaching us about priority. See, because in life, what's most important in our world? 
in our world, it's taking care of our flesh, doing those things. It's, uh, it's uh, what, what am I going to eat for dinner? What am I going to eat for breakfast? What am I going to eat for lunch? Some of y'all, what am I going to eat for middle lunch? What am I going to eat for middle dinner? And if you're like my mother-in-law, it's dinner and supper and not lunch and dinner. It gets really confusing at my house sometimes. But we have all these concerns. It's like, how am I going to take care of all of this stuff? How am I going to do this? See, what it's trying to show us in a simple scripture in this is saying, when we get too focused on the things of the world, on the things of our flesh, we take the key to our joy in life away as believers. So we say, well, then what is it about? It's the second half of that scripture. It's about for the kingdom of God is about righteousness and peace and joy, and here's your big key, in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Isn't it funny, though, when we say the word Holy Ghost, everybody goes, hmm, where's he going with this? You know, it depends on your background. It depends on what kind of uh, stream of faith that you came up in. You know, when, when uh, in my stream of faith, when I grew up, when you say the word Holy Ghost, there's always a hmm. You know, there's a little, you know, it's that kind of thing. You know, some of you, when you said Holy Ghost, the church got real quiet, like, oh God. You know, and some of you just never heard it at all. But there's a key to having joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the key. It's having joy in your life is learning to walk with what God gave us to walk our lives out. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on, you can walk with joy. Because here's what you can count on, that doubt and unbelief will always be the enemies of your joy, will always be the enemies of what peace you might have. Because in this season especially, it's all about joy and peace, hope, joy, and peace. That's what you're going to hear for the next few weeks everywhere you go. You know, that that still talks about Christ anyway. We're going to hear about all those things, and it's such an important thing, but here's what happens. Doubt and unbelief kind of slip under the door. And when it does, it worms its way into our thinking, into our hearts, and it begins to eat away at the very things that give us the strength that we need. That's why this is so powerfully important. And it kind of brings us to this place where in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, basically it says the key is this, trust God with all your heart. Trust God with all of your heart. In other words, when we allow doubt and unbelief to come in, we're saying, God, I don't trust you with my situation. God, I don't trust you with this issue in my marriage. God, I don't trust you with this diagnosis that I've been given. See, you see what I'm saying is we come to this place when there's doubt and unbelief. It's almost like we're saying, God, you're not big enough to handle my situation. And when there's no hope, in a situation, what's the first thing that's gone? Joy. Because now you're stressed out. Now you're angry. Now you're like, I don't know why God wouldn't do this for me when he's done it for other people. All these different things start to sneak into your mind and begin to rob you even deeper of the very things that God gave us to make us strong. So today, as we look at this, I wanted to give you just a few key thoughts, and uh, actually just two key thoughts, and I wanted to share with you what I believe can really change things. So let me give you your first key thought this morning, and it's this. 
When doubt knocks on the door of your heart, answer it with expectation and belief in your victory through Christ, and you'll find your joy. This is such a a strong statement, because too many times we look at our situations through the eyes of our strength, through the eyes of our ability. And the reality is, there's a lot of situations that you will run into in your life that you're not strong enough to handle. Now, some of you are really strong. Some of you have been through hell and back, and, you've got, and you're, you're just tough as nails. You know, I mean, you're just, you're just tough. But the problem with that is that there's always something tougher than you. And there's always going to be a circumstance that arises in your life that is challenging. And you say, well, what do I do with that? We need to walk with Christ. That's why I think it's important to answer that door when it's doubt at the door and answer with expectation and belief in your victory through Christ. And then you'll find your joy because our Savior is bigger than your sadness. Our Savior is bigger than your loneliness. He's bigger than the places in your life where you've been let down. He's bigger than all of those issues that have crammed into your life. And he says this, I'll give you the joy. And when I give you the joy, I want you to get rid of all that stuff because I want you to continue to walk in my joy. Because as the word says, what does it say about the joy? The joy of the Lord is my what? My strength. So why do you think the enemy would go after the thing that God says in his word says it's your strength? Doesn't that make sense? So we need to protect it. We need to understand that I need to realize that my faith is connected to that. I have to have faith that when in, whenever doubt and unbelief sneak onto me and sneak into my world, and it does, just like all of us, I have to di- discipline myself and train myself that when that does happen and it knocks on the door of my heart, I answer it with faith and expectation and believing that because Jesus is who he said he is, because I know he does what he says he will do, and all of his promises, and the King James says they are yea and amen. <laughs> Boy, I'm getting all old school this morning. That when that is the case, what we have to understand is that brings a confidence that we should trust completely. It's a discipline. It's a teaching in our lives that we have to hang on to. But it brings the joy into our life. I love where there's different ways that joy is used in Scripture, especially in the Greek language. But in the English, the way that they were used several times uh, describing all this is this. Uh, delight, gladness, and exceeding joy. Because when we talk about the joy of the Lord, it always says God gives us more. You know, my dad was called the happy pastor. That's what he, he loved that moniker and he lived it out every single day. And somebody would always ask me, they said, is he really that happy all the time? And I would say, well, it depends on what I happen to do in that day. You know, or, uh, you know, but the, the truth was, is that it's not always about not having issues or not being angry. It's about knowing that that joy, it's, it's training in you. It's coming back to that joy. So what dad would always teach me is, of course, he wasn't happy all the time. Nobody's just walking in happiness all the time. But happiness and joy are not the same. Because happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is based on what's inside of you. That's the difference that we have to hang on to, is to understand what's going on in the world right now. 
with the insanity. I was watching uh, a clip of news last night, and the world, let's just say, it is falling apart. It is tearing apart at the seams. Why? Because the world has turned its back on the one living, true God. America, in so many ways, is falling apart. It's tearing apart at the seams. We're watching the moral fabric be ripped away. We're watching people where, where used to Christianity and following Christ was a positive thing in the culture. Now we're looking at a place where it's almost like people are afraid to state, I believe in Jesus, I'm a spirit-filled believer, I'm a Christian, or whatever you want to name that. And it's almost like there's this pullback. And you know what happens? You know what the enemy can do in that? He can rob your joy. And he can, he can bring you to that place where you struggle with your faith because of the situation in the culture. What I want to challenge you in today is that you need to wake up to what's happening around you and realize that there is a spiritual battle. That's what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. There's a spiritual battle raging for your joy right now. And I want to challenge you and encourage you at the same time that you need to contain that joy. You need to hang on to that joy, and you need to say, God, I'm not going to let it go for anything. John 10.10 10 tells us this. It's, I love this scripture. It's one of my life, uh, my life verses, that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, speaking of Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That is such a powerful statement. So what is having life to the full? Can I tell you, a full life is going to be a joyful life. You know, when I think about a full life, I think about my house on holidays. I think about my house on Thanksgiving. I think about my house that will be on Christmas. You know, when all of my kids are coming into the house. And you know, it kind of gets crowded. You know, that's what happens when you start getting older and you got kids. You know, it's like then they start having kids and this happens. Then, they, then every now and then they'll say, can we bring our dog? You know, and you're like going, okay, so now we have a house full of dogs. And then you get one that's got more than one dog. And all of a sudden this is complete chaos. But it, you really look at it and you go, it's a full life. It's a full life, and what, what I mean by that is when they're all there, and, and everything that I love, and the, the most dear things in my life, except for the dogs, in my life, <laughs> it brings me joy. My dog brings me joy, theirs don't. <laughs> but it, it brings joy. And see, that's what I want you to understand in this, is that you can have that. And what we can understand is there's inherent joy that comes with a full life, which the key of is the Holy Spirit. So when we say that, it's understand that inherent joy would be something that's existing as a permanent, essential characteristic of somebody's life. So what does that look like in your life? Is joy an essential characteristic of your life, or is it not? It's kind of here it is, right? It's like, okay, okay. And you say, well, I, okay, Pastor, I don't understand what you mean. Okay, if you're the wet blanket that every time somebody comes in, they're going, oh, God, they're here. <laughs> There's probably a joy issue, right? Okay, if you walk in the room and everybody's saying, it's like, and, and three minutes later, everybody's laughing. Okay, that's awesome. There's joy. Now, I'm not telling you because now all the introverts are going, well, then I can't walk in joy because I'm an introvert. That's not the case. 
Because it's a spiritual thing. When somebody walks in with a negative thing connected to them, and I think it could be an oppressive negative thing in their lives, a negative spirit, they walk into a room, and here's what happens. Spiritual things bleed onto others. And some people are more susceptible to that. You know, it's just like the flu. Man, there's a bunch of that mess going around right now. And, you know, you can walk into a room and somebody's got flu, and sometimes it won't bother anybody. But then there's other people that are just more susceptible to that. That's why we tell everybody, be careful. Don't be stupid. You know, if, if you're not feeling well, stay home. It's okay. We got online. All these things are good. But what I want you to understand is the same thing spiritually, that it bleeds, it spreads. So when you walk in with joy, even, even if you're an introvert, but you walk in with a spirit of joy in your heart, what happens is it bleeds over, it spills over onto the people around you. That's the kind of people I want around me. It's because, listen, it, there's enough sad stuff going on in the world right now. So I need that joy, and I want it around me. But it's inherent when we walk in the Holy Spirit. When we have the Spirit of God living in us, it's already there. We just need to learn how to access it and discipline our flesh. That's really what it comes down to is taking over that and saying, okay, I'm not doing this. I really think the, an the, the answer to a lot of people's struggle, and uh, I'm not talking about clinical depression, I'm talking about those sad moments, you know, and we get stuck in them. I think the answer to that really is, uh, you know, we didn't hear about years and years ago, and I know medical things have changed and there's been increases and in all this stuff, but let me just talk to you from an old country boy perspective. You know, my dad, anytime I would get like that, he would, he would pick me up and say, boy, you need to get up and be a man, shake it off, and just change it. You know, there, there was no medication involved. There was no safe room. <laughs> No, what they call it, a safe space. There was no, there was no you know, place to go to hide from the world and all that stuff. It's like you had to man up, and what they were preparing us for was that the world is a hard place to live. So by providing all these different things like this and trying to make it so easy and make life so easy, we're actually disguising the hardships of the world so that people aren't prepared for the hard things in life. So what I'm telling you is that you are an overcomer and you have joy that is inherent inside of you because of who lives in you. That's an awesome thing. So when we do that, it enables us to leave problems in God's hands. When we learn to walk in the things of God, when we learn to trust him and say, God, you know what? I, I can't control this anyway. Man, there is a release that comes with that. It's like, you know, I, I remember stressing so bad over some things, uh, over some financial things and things like that. It's like when we were building this place, many of you have heard this, but it's such a great example of this. And I'm just like going, God, how are we going to do this? And it's like, you know, uh, this is over budget and this is over budget. Where's that money going to come from? And I'm stressing over this. And finally, God just kind of convicts me and says, whose house is this? And I went, oh yeah. And he goes, I can take care of this. And I went, okay. My job is to just be faithful. And you know what happened? It was like it took the weight off of me and nobody physically came up and said, Clay, you don't have to worry about that anymore. No, no, no. The challenge was still there. But God had reminded me 
that it's discipline to say this, it's not mine to carry. And but when that came off, guess what? That joy came back. You know, and I think it's important for us to see those things and understand what it means. So let me just give you two things today, two things that can steal your joy. Two things that I, I, just, I just picked two. There's a lot, but I picked two that I think are most common in people's lives. So two things that can steal your joy. Number one, the regrets of yesterday. Man, pastor, I would have joy, but man, you don't, you don't know what I did way back then. You don't know what kind of person I was. I don't deserve joy. <laughs> Listen, the truth is probably none of us deserve joy. None of us were just great people when we were in sin. You know, and the truth is, is it really doesn't matter because when you say, Jesus, come into my heart, make me new, I'm following you. The Bible teaches us that the old man is gone, that you're a new creation altogether. So what I want you to understand is you can't get trapped in the regrets of yesterday. And too many people get trapped in their past. They get trapped in the mistakes that they made or the things that they said or, or their inabilities to do things the way they think it should be done. And all of this begins to build up. And it starts to bring this place where whether something was 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago, we hang on to it so tightly that it begins to rob us of the very thing that gives us the strength. That's, if I were to say one of the greatest lessons I learned from my father was how to have joy in difficult circumstances. You know, because me and my dad were wired differently. I'm more wired like my mom. And, you know, so it's more of a battle for me because I'm a bit like for all you introverts, I, I actually flow in that vein far more than I do as an extrovert. My dad was a complete extrovert, complete plus. <laughs> mom, she was the quiet one. And, you know, but for me, what I learned was this, is that's something that we just learn to do. You have to learn to speak over your life. You have to learn to speak over your situation and then learn to give it to God. I'm not going to hang on to the regrets of yesterday because we've all got them. But I'm not going to allow the regrets steal my present. I'm not going to let the, the things of my past, I'm not going to let regrets steal my now because that's what happens is when we live in regret, it steals our now. And there's a passage I want to read to you really quickly. It's found in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Paul says, I do not consider, brethren, that I've captured and made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. The power of that verse is this. Paul has found the secret of letting go of the past. He's found the secret to saying, you know what, I'm going to truly live in the moment. And that's what I want you to experience. I want you to be able to let go of the past and say, no, 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 I'm going to walk in the joy of this moment. I want to live in this moment. I want to be able to celebrate with the people that I love. I want to be able to laugh with the people that I love the most. I don't want to be insecure about who I am or who I was or any of those things. I want to be present and joyful. And this is what he's teaching us. When we get our eyes off of what was and get our eyes focused on what matters, that's when everything 
changes. That's one of the great secrets. But I just want to remind you that God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you now, not then. I want you to hear that, okay? God's plan for you is now, not in your past, not in who you used to be or the failures that you used to have or the hurts or the anger or the resentment. That's not where your blessing is. It's now. So if we can let go of those things, it helps us maintain a joyful heart, a joyful life. Let me give you one more uh, out of two things that steal your joy. This is a big one, especially in our world right now. It's the fear of what tomorrow holds. What does tomorrow hold? <laughs> Man, it's, it's like, I can't remember, it's like a, a raffle or something right now. It's like there's a bunch of papers in there and they just shake them up and it's like, what's going to be next? Just pull it out. Here's the next catastrophe. That's what it looks like in the world. You know, it's like sometimes, and yeah, forgive me for a moment, but it's like sometimes you just go, I don't even understand how we have the political system in place that we have because if we have a system that elects idiots like we've been electing, I don't know what in the world's coming next, right? It's like, my God. And I say that lightly because I've been, I've been taught to honor things, but sometimes, man, you got to call a potato a potato, Pastor Michaela's over going, stop, stop, stop. But the reality that I want you to see in that is that it, because it's, it's moving, it's always moving. We don't know what's going to happen next. But here's who does, God. So why would we allow the fear of what tomorrow holds keep us from our joy? Because let me tell you what matters that tomorrow holds, that Jesus is coming back. And we have something to live for, Right? No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult things are, we know that God's got a plan in all of this. And guess what? He's not done with us yet. So we know that the most exciting days of the church are upon us, not behind us. So when we look at that, we say, I'm not going to be afraid. Here's the problem with that fear is that fear is aggressive. Fear is aggressive and it can't be defeated passively. It doesn't just go away on its own. You have to overcome it. And you say, well, how do I overcome it? You learn to give it to God. You know, see, that's the secret. It's like we work so hard for things, and God's saying, if you'll just give it to me. You know, so many times it's like, uh, how many are, uh, and I say this in the most loving way, uh, how many men, how many of you are married to a stubborn lady? Any, anybody? Okay. say. There's a few, uh, there's a few honest Okay, ladies, how many of you are married to cowardly men? I'm just, okay, okay, no, Kim, don't answer that, please, no. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I married up, I've got, the, I love my wife, she's the most beautiful woman in the world to me, she is the mother of my children, she is my dream, I tell her, every year she gets prettier to me, I just, I love that woman, but she is stubborn. It's like, okay. It's like when you're carrying stuff. All right, you get out of the car and you're trying to carry it and you go, you have, no, I've got it. And you can see they're struggling. It's like, no, baby, I can get that. You should have got it a long time ago. Right? <laughs> that kind of thing. I know. Okay, thank you. There's at least some honesty now. Now that you know you're not alone and I'm already in trouble, now you're okay with it. 
No, no, but seriously, it's, it's kind of the same thing in the fact that, you know, she doesn't have to carry that. It doesn't matter how long she was carrying it. I'm saying, let me get that and take that off of you. All it takes is surrendering it, right? <laughs> it's going to be a long day, y'all. <laughs> but when she surrenders it, it takes the load off. You know, and sometimes I think that's how we are in life. We're stubborn, and we, I think sometimes we're prideful. And we don't want to give it to God because it's like, he shouldn't have to carry this because this was my mistake. But what if God is saying, don't think of it that way? Because I gave my son, he sacrificed his life. He brought grace and truth to this world and taught us how to live. I sent my son so that you don't have to carry the load. So sometimes I just want to remind you that let go of that stuff and give it to God and watch how much he changes everything in your life. That's the beauty of what God does. And let me tell you this. As people who walk in God's spirit, the people who walk in the fullness of what his spirit does and believe in the moving of the spirit of God. You know what we know? Is this. It's that spirit that enables us to walk through difficult times knowing that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And no matter what it looks like, tastes like, seems to be, no matter what the situation is going on, it doesn't matter that we know God's got this. That I know. And people say, how can you do that? Because there's a spirit in me that allows me to do that, that strengthens me when I don't have strength of my own. That's the power. Let me give you one more key thought. This is the last one, and I'm gonna wrap. The joy that gives you strength in difficult times comes from what's inside you, not from what's around you. That's why I think this is so important in our day and age. Yeah, we live in confusing times. We live in challenging times. And there's a lot of things when I watch in our country and I watch all the things going on, when I watch people who should be aware spiritually of what's going on in our world and they just seem to be unaware and uncaring. When I look out and I see, as we said earlier, the moral fabric going all the way down into our school systems that affect our children, when you see all this challenging stuff, when we see the enemy attacking it, so obvious to us, and I don't see other people go, hey, we got to stop this. There's a part of me that goes, my God, what is going on? Look, that's outside of me. My joy doesn't come from that. My joy comes from the spirit that lives in me. So that means this, no matter what's happening, I'm going to have joy. Now, I may have a moment because I'm being stubborn and I'm not wanting to hand it off to God. But ultimately, I know this. I'm not going to stay there because I've got work to do. I've got dreams to fulfill. I've got things to do. I, I've got places I want to see. I've got people I want to reach. I've, I've got all these things that God's placed inside my heart. And God wouldn't place it in our hearts if he didn't still expect it to be done. Too many of us want to shut it down because, well, it must be over now because the, the world's falling apart. Jesus is coming back as soon and all these things. And we say, no, no, we still have much work to do. And God would not have kept it in our hearts if it wasn't needed to be done. So if we release those things and say, God, let me have your joy.
even in the midst of fear, even in the midst of regret, we remind ourselves of this. Let me read one more scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 29, where the Bible says, Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. We're seeing the character of God here. He's saying this, if you'll allow him, he wants to go before you. He wants to fight the battle for you. But will you let him? Are you willing to let go so that he can be who he needs to be and wants to be in your life? There's one more scripture I want to share, John 15, 11. <laughs> and I love it when Jesus is saying this, he said, I've told you this, that you may have my joy in you. That my joy may be in you and that your joy will be complete. See, the secret is making sure you have inside of you what needs to be inside of you. You need his joy. And when his joy is in you, his spirit is in you, it completes your joy. So now we go all the way back in my final thought, all the way back to Romans chapter 14, verse 17 where it says the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You want joy? Then get the priorities of your life in order. What's the first thing he says? In the Bible, when you read first things, things are in order for a reason. They're, it's always a priority thing. And when you see this, it says righteousness is the first thing. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. See, living a righteous life is what leads you into a place of peace and joy. And you say, but I'm not righteous. <laughs> you can be. You say, well, how do I be righteous? You receive his righteousness. It's as easy as that. Let me ask a question. For all of you that are believers, did any of you earn your righteousness? Right? Nobody. No, it's a gift from God. Jesus says, here, take my righteousness and wear it. It's like a cloak. And it covers us. How powerful is that? So the accepting of his righteousness and trying our best to walk and grow in Christ every single day is the description of that. That is the key of walking in joy. And to say, God... Fill me with your spirit every morning, every single morning, so that I can walk with the joy of the Lord on my lips, that I might represent you well in all I do and in all I say. I was using this description, and it reminds me because uh, somebody brought me a coffee this morning, and, and, uh, and they filled it. They, they obviously have not gotten me coffee very often because uh, it was filled all the way up. And see, all y'all thinking, well, that's a great thing. You got a full cup of coffee. Not for me. As well, I'm a slosher. I can't do anything without spilling stuff. It's just, it just, it's like this, you know. So when Tawana brings me coffee in the morning, she brings me half a cup of coffee because I'm going to be walking around and she doesn't want 
to be cleaning up coffee, you know? So, so this morning he brought me a cup of coffee and I was like, man, thank you, thank you. And I, I'm walking around. Before I got out the door into the hallway, I'd already spilled it. But I used this the other day, and I think it's so appropriate for the moment, too. It's like, you know, I think that's what God wants us to be spiritually. He wants that joy to overflow out of us and to slosh onto other people. And that's what we need to be doing, is pouring out onto others. And I pray that this season, no matter what's going on in your life, because listen, in this room, and the people that are watching right now, there's some really challenging stuff that's happening. There's some difficult seasons that people are going through. There's no denying that. And I wish I could make it all go away. But I'm not God. But what I can tell you is that there is a path that in the midst of your challenge that God will fill you with so much joy and peace that you can actually genuinely have a smile on your face when people come around you. And you can be grateful for the moment that God has given you. That's my prayer for you today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes all across the house? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this moment that we have together. And I pray, God, that for those of us that have not let go of some things, that have, we're kind of hanging on to things that you're saying, you don't have to carry that. Father, I pray you'd give us the strength to let go, that you'd give us the strength to say, you carry it, Father, and thank you that we might have the joy that he means for us to have this moment. So with every head bowed and every eye still closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? I'm not walking in that joy like I want to. And I am being a little stubborn. If I'm being honest, I'm carrying stuff that's probably not mine to carry. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just remember me this week while you're praying and you're doing the things you do? Would you remember me in prayer? If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me and just hold them up for a while so I can see every hand. It's a lot of hands. Thank you, thank you, yeah. Keep them up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 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 ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I see those hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Amen. You can place your hands back down. Now I'm gonna ask one more question. Still with heads bowed and eyes closed. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I know there's sin in my life and I need to make it right with God. I don't want to go another moment unsure. I want to make a decision for Christ today. Maybe you used to be somebody that was so close to God, but then life just kind of robbed it from you. That's what happens when your joy disappears all the important things in your life begin to fall away. But today you can regain that. See, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. If that's you, there's nobody looking. This is personal business, and I'm not going to embarrass you today. That's not what I do. But you're here. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Would you slip up your hand very quickly just so I can see? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to make sure I don't miss a single one. 
Thank you. You can place your hands back down. Now I'm going to ask everyone in this house, would you stand to your feet very quickly? I'm going to ask our altar workers and pastors that are available to join us at the front. And we're about to say just a couple of prayers together, then I'm going to release you. But these altars are going to be open, and we will pray as long as we need to. And can I just tell you something? If you need a breakthrough in your life, don't leave till you have it. We're going to, we can speak that stuff. We'll pray, and we'll pray as long as we need to. But right now, you raise your hand and said, Pastor, be praying for me. I'm going to be praying for you. But I want you to do your part. I want you to choose I want you to choose to let go of that stuff and choose the Spirit of God that lives in you. I know that seems kind of inane, but it's not. That's the thing. You choose it. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for supernatural strength for you to be able to overcome this because you are going to. In Jesus' name, you're going to. And you're going to have a great week. You're going to find joy that you thought was gone. I believe it. But now we're going to do the most important thing that we would ever do in a service. We're going to pray a prayer together. And for all of you that raised your hand and said, Pastor, I'm choosing Jesus today. Listen, tell somebody. Don't try to walk this out alone. We need each other. You were built for community. We need each other. And you say, Pastor, I don't have anybody to tell. Oh, you do now. Because we love you. We want you to win. And we'll walk with you as far as you allow us to. Let's do this. Let's make it work. And let's be better because we're in each other's lives. That's what the house of God is about. So today we're going to say this simple prayer together. And we're going to do it as a family as we always do. So would everybody in the house just bow your head and close your eyes. And we can repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin, and I'm turning away from my past. Today, I am a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. I choose Jesus right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.